Lord, looking down on us, Lord, and giving us an opportunity, Lord, to know you and to be part of your life, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We can never repay, Lord, the blessing it is, Lord, to have that peace, that salvation that you provide us, Lord Jesus. And what a, what a great opportunity, Lord, to be reminded of that, Lord, through songs and praise, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, for everything you do for us, Lord. And we'd like to also ask you, Lord, to you'd be kind of, Lord, to bless the offerings, Lord, and the tithes, Lord, just tonight, Lord. And we know that we couldn't, like I mentioned, we can never repay, Lord, all the things you've done, Lord. But in our faithfulness, in this act of giving, Lord, in this act of uh, giving to you what already belongs to you, Lord, we give you thanks, Lord, to give us, for giving us an opportunity, Lord, to be faithful to you, Lord, the way you are to us, Lord Jesus. We also ask you at this time, Lord, to help us, Lord, to receive your word with that joy and that excitement, Lord, knowing that it's, it's word, Lord, from above, Lord, to give us the strength and continued peace and victory, Lord, and all the different things, Lord, that are going to come against us, Lord, to help us have that hope and have that excitement, Lord, knowing that you are with us, Lord. We ask us all in your name, Jesus, and we give you thanks for everything that you do, Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I'm going to ask the brother Gabriel to pass up and just continue praising God with attention to his word. Amen. Amen. God bless everyone. Those from the Gatos, I'm going to be seated. That's a church a little bit today, and uh, I don't have any uh, caffeine reason, but I got to church with a lot of energy. Um, it was a good thing. Felt very. Uh, it's very uh, liberated in, um, in praying that God can uh, use me as a as a vessel for today's message. Um, today's message uh, is a continuation of a message that was discussed a few weeks back, where it was uh, about our our goals lining up with you know God's will. Uh, if we're seeking something that God's not seeking in us, um, are we seeking something in vain? So we're going to continue discussing that. And uh, today's uh, message is, is titled uh, Aligned, Alineado. Um, because I believe that every one of us, what is it? What's this saying pastor says? Cada cabeza es un mundo. Or, is that the saying, right? I believe each one of us, we... We are all uh, thinking of things differently. We're all um, looking at things differently, uh, considering things differently. And this is one thing that we've got to change as a church is, uh, is that type of mindset. And I love uh, the preachings that have been uh, preached these uh, past few services because in, in all reality, it's, uh, they're preachings of, of unity uh, as a church. Um, you know, we, we can stay in, in a topic all year round. Um, we could stay in the topic of love. Uh, and, and we might want to just talk about love and every aspect of love and, and, and stay in, in the easiness of love. Or you can get into the difficult conversation of love. For God so loved that he gave us his life. We can stay in easy things, but um, we know that, that God's love and that love has consequences and, and sacrifices on our part. And to soften that word love so much that there is not a weight of responsibility to it. And we must be responsible, as I mentioned in times past, in using the word, I love you. Some of us have cheapened that word. Society has cheapened that word. Society, uh, uh, pastors mentioned this before, you know, they, they've seen it okay to, to not be married and just live together. And that's okay. And they're in the sight, common law. But we, we believe, brothers and sisters, in what the word of God says and what the word of God is asking us as a church to do and to follow. And so I have this statement right here. It says, your mind has to be open before a door does in your life. So if you're standing behind a closed door right now, a prayer that you've asked for, 
something that you've asked from God, you must ask yourself, how open is my mind? Because we must have an open mind for God to reach and cleanse it. Some of us don't realize that we have biases that we were raised with. We were raised with thoughts. We were raised with comments that were made, that were passed along via parents, brothers and sisters, friends, relatives. And these biases, we grow, they grow into other things. But we're, we were also raised with some religious bias. And God, through the years, just like in the, in the time of Moses, he took them through the desert. Because of a closed-mindedness. And God takes us through difficult challenges and circumstances to open us up to his wisdom, to his love, his grace. I'm excited about talking about a prophet. Not a very famous prophet. And I'll just mention the prophet before the kids leave. Jonah. You hear Jonah and you just, you just know he's the guy that got ate up, swallowed up. That's where the story starts at. The story doesn't start too good for Jonah. Jonah 1 and you start to read, the story's not so, so motivating. Really, the story, it begins with disobedience. And sometimes that's the way a lot of our stories begin. A lot of us here, we start to hear the word of God and God is telling us something. God is directing us. God is telling us something. And we've closed our mind to what God is saying and God has revealed it in our lives. God has told us it is clear from God. It is clear. There's no other way it could have came from. Nobody else knew this. We close our mind. And we're going to let God in. We're just going to talk about Jonah. We're just going to just barely talk about him. This ain't a Jonah preaching. But there's a great example of Jonah and how close-minded he was. If we go to Jonah 1, 1 through 16, I don't know if the kids... Younger kids have class today. I'm sure, Lorenzo, if you were up to it, I know you weren't feeling well. You could stay here if you want. God bless Gabby and Ornan and Lorenzo. Amen. They're back. The music sounded different at the beginning, didn't it? Having them back. Just kidding. So if we turn to Jonah 1, we read here, now the word of the Lord came. I think that's important that it starts out with this because a lot of the times we here in the church, we are misguided in what is being preached as not being a word from the Lord. There's not reverence To God's word. There's not a, I, I used to describe it this way and I used to describe it this way to the young people uh, because sometimes I would see them come in and, and, and their mind was on other things and you could see and I said, look, how would you, if, if, if you went to the doctor with your mother and your mother told you to go because she wasn't feeling well and the doctor starts out by saying, these pills will save your life. But you must take it in this pattern. You take three in the morning. You take one in the afternoon. And you take five in the evening. But on the third day, you do it in reverse. How many of y'all in this conversation would find it important to write that down. I don't know. 
Kind of important, right? Life or death. Yet, the weight that we put on some of these messages that we're receiving and what's being said, we just like, ah. And, 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 and we've got to cherish it and, and, and search for it and, and want it like the word of God says, like a precious metal, precious jewel, desire it. And this is part of sometimes having a closed mind, a closed mind. And we're going to see here in Jonah makes other aspects of our life struggle. We keep on reading there in Jonah 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. Thank God that the word is coming to Jonah. So we see here there's communication, there's a connection between God and Jonah. The son of Amittai saying, arise and go to Nineveh, Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it for their wickedness is come up before me. So we see that God is talking to Jonah. And the, the first thing that God is telling Jonah to do is to go to a city that is wicked. Sometimes God's going to ask us. Sometimes God's going to require from us something that we just don't want to do. It's not like God said, go to this awesome city. They worship me. They serve me. They'll receive you. They'll They'll honor you because you're a servant of mine. God sent him to a place where you wouldn't really want God to be at. Uh, wickedness, God. Wickedness, God. Not blending so well together. And we see here in verse 3, but Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarsh. Tarshish, from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So we see Jonah, and just so everybody understands geography, we see Jonah going the complete opposite way. God said, go north. I'm, Jonah goes south. I mean, is, is this relatable to any of us in our walk with God? Is this relatable in something that we've experienced with God? Has this been relatable when God's told you to forgive someone and you go south? Is this relatable when God's told you to love someone and you go south? Is this relatable when God told you to change something and, and it wasn't right and you, and you know that this is what's causing you problems and you go south? Because you see, I wrote down this comment right here that Jonah, he was a prophet of God. Jonah wasn't running from God. Jonah was running from an assignment from God. There's a difference. There's a reality. We cannot run from God's presence. Jonah knew that. But we can shut down what God is asking of us. And choose to ignore it. God asking anything of you personally. Has he spoken to you personally? Has he said too much of this, too much of that? Has he told you, focus on this more. Feed your spirit more. Less flesh, more spirit. And have we closed our mind? So we keep on reading here. But the Lord, and see, look, look at this, brothers and sisters. When God has purpose in your life, when God has a mission for you, an assignment for you in your life, when you're the beginning domino, when you are the spark, 
When you are what's going to be the reactive substance. You got God now doing things. And we see here that God sends a great wind into the sea. And there was a mighty tempest in the sea. So that the ship was like to be broken. Pretty serious. Gabby, Ornan, Lorenzo, you guys were in a ship. You guys experienced some 10-foot waves, I heard. Could you imagine if that ship, you could hear it cracking? Probably not so fun. But we see here. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God. And cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea. So, so these, these men that Jonah hitched a ride with were merchants. So merchants carry merchandise from one port to another. So this was so serious. This was so, this was such a big deal. It's not only the, you know, cry to your God, but it's start throwing out what we're going to get paid for off the boat. And I wrote down this, this statement right here. When, when you have, when you're in an environment, when you're, when, when your association, when your, when your circle is with unsurrendered minds, you will always have to throw your values overboard. What does that mean? This means that when your heart is guiding you more than the word of God, then, 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 then expectations, then, then God's will in our life takes a back seat. And we begin to accept, oh, it's my mother, oh, it's my children well it's my husband it's my wife and yet begins to pull you down you begin having to throw away things that you don't see value to When your mind is unsurrendered, your discernment is impaired. The ability to discern, you begin to question, what were you thinking? I wasn't thinking. Things that you should have seen, you don't see. Things that you shouldn't ignore, you ignore. And we see here, we keep on reading. The marriage, they're afraid and they cried every man unto his God and cast forth their wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah, but Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship and he lay and was fast asleep. Again, again, we're, we're, we're talking about your circle. We're talking about your circle. You, you're right now, right now, what's your circle? Your circle's what affects you. You know, I used to always remember, Pastor, when, when I was little, he'd say, you know, tell me who you're with, and I'll tell you who you are. And we see here that these people 
Our throwing, our working, first of all, they, you, know, they, they, you know, it has a little G there, but they're, they're crying out to gods. And, and, and not only crying out to gods, they're, they're doing some work and trying to lighten up that ship because they don't want that ship to come down. And sometimes we find ourselves and with people that don't have the same type of discernment that we do, we're doing all this spiritual work. We're doing all this type of praying. We're doing all this stuff. And what's keeping us down is fast asleep. Something's got to awaken us. And again, an unsurrendered mind. Struggles with discernment. Where is our mind at today? Is it still very proudful? Is it still very holding on to, again, biases and things that we were raised up in? Jonah, to be a prophet of God, pay for a ticket it is in the opposite direction of what God has called him. God gives us a beautiful example of how important it is to be vigilant. It's to stay current with the word of God in our lives. To come and repent, to come for, ask forgive, forgiveness. Not to become, not these habitual things to stay and to life-changing events. But he was asleep. We read verse 6. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. Now, you know, Again, it's, it's being re- written here, and we know that, you know, grammatically speaking, whoever wrote that knew that John, Jonah's God was the big God. But it's just interesting that this, this statement is made before verse 7, which verse 7 we read here. It says, and they said, everyone to his fellow, come, let us cast lots that we may know that we, for whose cause this evil is upon us. And then again, so we have wind, we have raging seas, we have guys casting lots. Everything's against Jonah. So they cast lots and the lot fell upon Jonah. We sit here. Sometimes I feel like these preachers are only for me because it's only my life. Uh, you ever had one of those moments where just nothing's going right? You know? You bump your knee. You run out of gas. You forgot to mail the payment for the electricity. All these things. And then on top of that, you spill your coffee on you. All these things that sometimes begin to happen in our life. It's God's mercy. It's God's redirect. Sometimes we're so proud of our lives and prideful that we don't see that God is showing us something. We'd rather... Die in our pride and open up our mind to what God is saying. Verse 8. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee. Man, what a bunch of guys here, right? So they cast lots and fell on Jonah, and instantly they, it's just like, Come on. Uh, you know, it's, it, I, I hope I don't have people in my life that would do something like that and just like, 
you know, okay, those lots must have been true. Now we know it's you. I would just say that God was lining up everything. But now these guys are like, then said unto him, tell us, we pray thee for whose cause this evil is upon us. And I found that this is pretty interesting because they ask him, what is your occupation? Like your occupation, are you a murderer? Are you a, are you a, a, a hitman? Are you a, are you, you know, are, are you a womanizer? Are you, no, they, they instantly think like, you know, what is your op- occupation? Because you must be in some dirt here. Because I mean, for this type of stuff to happen here, it must be. Sometimes we see ourselves and, and it's just, we don't have those titles. I ain't never killed a man. I ain't never. I ain't never. But we see Jonah's response here. And when thou comest, what is thy country and of what people are thou? Verse 9. And he said unto them, I am a Hebrew. And I fear the Lord God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. So, brothers and sisters, when your non-believers, when your environment that has maybe not a connection to God starts to ask you why you're going through this, why you would have done this to the God that created the heavens and the seas. You know, you're in pretty bad shape. It's not like he was in a circle of, you know, educated Hebrew Pharisees, scribes. He was with people that had no idea power of God, but they were seeing it firsthand. And there's times, brothers and sisters, that, again, the numbness of having an unsurrendered mind. The numbness doesn't allow us to see how obvious the situation we are in is. How do I surrender my mind? How do I accept God's will in my life. How? How many are struggling? How many have the courage to admit they're struggling with God's will in their life? How many don't want it to be the way God has revealed to you it's going to be? How many of you are in the journey south and the struggle is real we keep on reading as we finish up then said they unto him what shall we do unto thee that the sea may be calm unto us for the sea wrought and was temptus temptus us on us <laughs> it's not even what it said you like that though? Teptisness on us. You didn't even get it. Go ahead and go to the next one, brother. Uh, and he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake, this great temptus is upon you. Tempest is upon you. A temptus. Verse 13. Nevertheless, The men rode hard to bring it to the land, 
but they could not, for the sea wrought and was tempted us against them. Verse 14. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not upon us innocent blood. For, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea. And the sea ceased from her raging. And the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Now, we end there with Jonah. And I don't want to get into the, the after the splash, we call it. I don't, want, I, don't, I don't want to talk about, you know, how odd it would have been to have been in the raging storm and then the storm calm itself and, and now find yourself in the loneliness of the still waters as you see a perfectly held together ship sailing away. I don't want to talk about uh, the emotions that could have been there of just saying, why take this route when I knew God and the power of God. I don't want to talk about all the things that Jonah could have been thinking about because they're not written. But I can only imagine knowing God how I would have felt being in his position and how I would have replayed everything. There's times here, brothers and sisters, that we're fast asleep, believing we're right, believing we're okay, believing that my stubbornness, my unopened mind, unsurrendered mind, eventually I'm going to have a breakthrough. I've got to believe that the people the times of Moses believed the same thing every day, waking up to Groundhog Day. Here we go again. Here we go again. And we've talked about the definition of insanity. Something over and over again, expecting different results. If you're doing it the same way, same results will be there, whatever it is. And I believe that God shows us here that Jonah didn't want to see what God seen in Nineveh. Jonah didn't want to believe. We could say in God's mercy, God's potential calling, Sometimes we find ourselves, brothers and sisters, so that there's peace. We'd rather be asleep so that there's peace in the house, so that there's peace around me, so that I'm likable, so that my family will want to be around me. And, and I, 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 I like the house noisy. There's acceptance. as we find ourselves fast asleep. And I also believe that an unsurrendered mind, somebody that has an unsurrendered mind will leave messes for you to clean up. And this is a question, and, and we've all experienced it. I've been partaker of it. When my mind was not surrendered and my, and my will was not focused on God's will, there was a lot of people cleaning up my messes. And yet we find ourselves sometimes still cleaning up the mess of an unsurrendered mind. 
We enable these unsurrendered minds not to find the guiding light of God's word. We enable it that God's pressure, that the raging seas don't bring them back to the direction that God had called them. Are we turning and looking away from what God is needing from us in, our, in, in the lives of the people that we're close to? Quiet. It's a quiet service tonight. Turn to Ephesians 5.17. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So, it's asking us not to be unwise, and it's telling us how not to be unwise. So, the Lord is telling us, do not be unwise... And how you're not going to be unwise is by knowing the will of God. What is God's will? You see, this is where the alignment starts to happen. This is where my wanting to go where I want to go has got to get aligned where God is asking me to go. You know, some of us can instantly say, well, I'm not a prophet. But this message wasn't only for prophets and ministers and ministries. This was for the people of God to understand that God is speaking to us. God is guiding us. God is telling us where to go, what to do. And sometimes we choose not to listen to God's word. It's easier to ignore it. It's easier because we're guilty because we just cannot get past this level in our lives oh we've all been to that level that button who's got that button who's got to pray for a button today somebody got a button somebody know your button can't get past that level You sometimes get frustrated when you, you can't get past the level. You don't want to play the game anymore. You check out. Take a break. But it's wise. It's wise to know what God's will is. We should know what God's will is in our lives, brothers and sisters. We come here, we serve him, we worship him, we praise him, we sacrifice, we, we're tired, we're beat up, we barely made it. Struggles happen, but we're here, we should know what God's will is. Why would we not want to know what God's will is? It's what's fueling us, it's what can take us past that level. Some of us, we choose to close because we'd rather handicap ourselves instead of looking at ourselves and evaluate why are we not excelling. Help me, God, to excel. Help me, God, to elevate. I need to get past this, this craziness in my mind. If I would just open up my mind, I could release everything that's in it, that hurts me, that hurts those around me that I love. Why do we hurt those that we love? Why are we always hurting those that we love? Or that love us? That think of us, why are we hurting them? We turn to Romans 12, 2. 
We've read this before, but let's read it with the intent of God's will. And be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed. So you've got being conformed. And you've got what you were changing from it. So something is changing you. Are you changing from it? Yeah. To understand what it sounds very poetic. But let's understand what those words are telling us here. So it's telling us for us not to, in our environment, to change to it, but instead change from our environment. So then I ask you, what is your environment? Because a lot of us, we've changed because we just changed our environment. Can I get an amen from that one? I was kind of hoping that that would have been amen, brother. I'm not going to the bars anymore. I'm not going to the this and that. It worries me when I don't get that. (laughs) Yes, there was changes. It's great that we are not doing the things we did anymore. But it doesn't stop there. Because there's more to receive from God. I don't want to just be happy. I don't want to just settle. I don't want to just feel content. I want more from God. And to get more from God is the more I've got to transform from this world. To receive more from God, I've got to change myself from this world. And it's a challenge. And thank God that we have him guiding us. By the renewing of your mind. So, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. And this is how you change in this world, by renewing. Because, you see, you can't change if you don't change the thing that will allow you to be different which is your mind. There's some of us that will look in the mirror and we still see what we saw yesterday, but we don't see the spiritualness of what God's doing inside of us. We don't see that all those struggles that we had in 2017 have made a new person in 2018. We don't see all those prayers and supplications that we gave to God in 2017 have created a new man and and woman in 2018. Because the problem is, is that we're so locked in that we have to physically see something to really say, you know what? It's been a while since I've thought about this thing that's hindered me all these years. I, t- I told you guys one time in a message that, that I, I remember the first time I couldn't remember something that I used to do in the world. I remember it always would haunt me. Yes, I'm the only one again. Look at this. Brothers and sisters, saints. Saints and sinner. I remember one time I couldn't remember. I was like, and then I said, praise God. God has stuffed so much good that everything that was bad is gone. And I'm thankful. Probably a little bit of old age too could have been part of that. Thank God for the old age then. Amen. But we say here. That by transforming our minds, we keep on reading. Renewing your minds that ye may prove. This is important, brothers and sisters. We're, we're breaking this down that, see, see, we can't just accept and, 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 and just oh, embrace it and, and say, okay, I'm going to not be conformed from this world. I'm going to transform by the renewing of my mind. But then it says that we may prove. Because, because see, the word of God tells us that there's going to be many that will come in his name. There's going to be many false this. And there's going to be many that are saying this. We find ourselves accepting things and just, oh yes, why can't we do it? Like, I don't see nothing wrong with this and this. Until we're blinded, until we fall asleep in the bottom of the ship. But we see here that we may prove what is that good 
and acceptable and perfect. Good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Have you looked, have you self-evaluated and said, what is good and perfect and acceptable will of God in my life? Is it that I'm, is it that I'm not seeing myself the way he sees me as an overcomer? Is it that I've chosen to see the way people have called me to be? Is is it that I choose to, to, to not even be merciful like he's merciful to me and that I can't forgive myself? This is where we get conformed to this world. This world will judge you, crucify you. And we find ourselves doing that. And we don't come here with hope. We don't come here with energy. We don't come here with excitement knowing that we serve a loving God that's going to walk us through these issues and send a whale or a fish when needed to get us to where we need to go. How many would ever ask for that? How many of y'all would ask? Not a lot of us. I don't know what we ask for sometimes when sometimes we're foolish in comments that we'll make. Oh, let God do anything just to make sure we don't know what that anything is. Put you in a box full of spiders. Some of us. Where's Brother Richard at? don't know but God knows what we need amen we turn to first Thessalonians 518 first Thessalonians 518 in everything give thanks For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So we see here a very simple thing. Because again, if we're going to have an unsurrendered mind, then we've got to start to see where we must surrender ourselves to. I surrender all, all to Jesus. I surrender, I surrender all. And yet... We haven't become that church where we're like, brothers and sisters, they, they did this and praise God anyways. Or the hallelujah anyways, people. Huh? Come on. Come on. Wait, let's be real. Let's be real. Are we doing God's will? Are we doing God's will? Let's be real. Are we doing God's will? You know what? I, I, I'm feeling like this. You know what? This happened to me. You know what? Praise the Lord anyway. You know what? Where is the realness of God's will in our life? feel victimized you feel abused sometimes unwanted just because spouse or child Jesus Jesus knows your name Jesus he thought of you on the cross and that's not enough to us sometimes. Oh, it's not enough. I, I want more likes on social media. It determines how I feel today. Help us, God, because we don't have an unsurrendered mind. We don't have an unsurrendered mind. In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God. Oh, brothers and sisters, if we can just learn the will of God. 1 Peter 2.15. For so is the will of God that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance 
a foolish man. So, so look at this. Come on. Come on now. Come on. I, I, I just wish people would just, right when I read it, just snap to it and just think of a situation. I, I always think about situations when I'm reading something. I'm like, man, I wasn't so smart. Man, I didn't handle that like the will of God. Look what it says here, brothers and sisters. How many of you have retaliated in the past? When God says to put the silence the ignorance of foolish men, by how? By doing good. We put the silence. We put to silence, brothers and sisters, our enemies that are speaking about us. We don't fuel it. We put to silence the word of God says by doing his will. Somebody that's ignorance, ignorant to you and, 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 and doesn't even have a, 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 a beef with you or, or a problem with you. But it just, it's, it's, it's a storm that's coming to you by doing good. to silence it's hard for us to believe that because again from the biases of being raised and how we reacted to things and how we handled things and how we took care of something because we were told it was our responsibility to take care of it and that's the way life would be in our lives because we haven't surrendered our mind to the will of God. I want to surrender my mind. I want to surrender my mind. First Thessalonians 4, 3. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification that ye should abstain from fornication. Fornication. Fornication of our mind is one of the most sensitive things. When we start to fornicate with our mind, and I'm not even talking about sexually thoughts, I'm talking about doing things in our mind that could affect our lives, spiritual walk with God by accepting, by meshing, by starting to doubt, journey with God. If you just look at the word doubt, got my wife here and if I came to her and I said I doubt our marriage how do you think that would make her feel if any spouse would say that but yet when we fornicate in our mind when we start to allow things in that are impure that could affect our spiritual walk with God we are doubting God's will in our lives. And we're allowing the enemy in. We must, brothers and sisters, Brother Lorenzo talked about the power, the power of this world that we live in, of changing and and, and I don't see anywhere, I don't see anywhere where it says Jesus is the same yesterday and changes today. He says, it says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and what? I mean, for, for me, that's enough for me to be grounded to something. I can't just begin to be moved by the winds. The mockery. 
because then I fornicate my mind. I must know quickly when to turn off what could affect my spiritualness. As Joseph ran away from it. Gives an example of something physical, but he knew that God had a purpose for him. I mean, what an example, you know, I don't, I don't know why, I don't know why, you know, we, we talk about Jonah, but I mean, what an example, jo- jo- Joseph, I mean, you, you, somebody's going through something, somebody's been through something, but, but to, to, to go through what Joseph went through, has anybody gone through that? Please come forward. To be sold by your siblings... To be imprisoned. And then. To be given. Rule. Second in command. But on top of that. When that. Drought. That season of struggle. Temptation comes to him. And he runs away. Or any, you know, well, it's understandable he did that. I mean, he went through all he went through. It would have been understandable if he, if he would have done it. But he didn't. As an example of what it is to be faithful. And for, what us, for us to learn from this, brothers and sisters. If we turn to Hebrews 13.20. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will. Working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom be the glory forever and ever so brothers and sisters it's difficult when you're in a room when you're energized you got the batteries in you like I said I I came to church and I just felt energized I was like bouncing off the walls and the radio and talking to my dad I hadn't even even I hadn't even drank this um um uh, fruit juice. I was bouncing off the walls already, kind of. Like I said, I don't know what it was. I just felt a lot of energy, a lot of relief. But it's hard when you're when you're feeling that motivation and 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 that motivation is not being felt. It's hard. it's not impossible, but I'm just saying it's hard. Because the power is in the mind. And and the power that we have, brothers and sisters, is not to look at our circumstances of where we're at today, but to believe that by the renewing of it, things are going to change. The transforming of it, things are going to change. But the problem is, is that if they haven't changed... Do we have an unsurrendered problem? So I pose a question, what is your problem? (laughs) Sounds funny, doesn't it? What is your problem, Andrea? Why are you looking at me like that? What is your problem? Because only you will know that. You personally will know that. God knows it. There's not even a question in any of us in that. But what is your problem? What is not allowing you to align with God's will? Because we have goals. We're ambitious. We want this, we want that, but is it what God is wanting for us? We have intentions. Some of them are good. They're great. They're wonderful. They're, they're, 
It's beautiful to hear when you hear somebody say something that they, they want to do, they want to change, they want to, you know, be involved in society and charity. And, but what is God's will? What is God's will in your life? A lot of the times, brothers and sisters, we have a physical goal. And we haven't set up a spiritual one. We see that God had a spiritual one from the moment that he stepped on earth. His was a directional goal to the cross. Sometimes our spiritual excitement, our energy that we have is related to what our direction is. What is feeding us? What are we feeding? We can all stand up, brothers and sisters. I have a question for you. What are you feeding? Because what you're feeding is what's going to have dominance. Are we feeding a lot of physical intentions, ambitions? Are we feeding spiritualness, desiring more of God? knowing that more of God will bring the peace that we need in our lives. Will bring the security and safety that we need in our families. God, help us to eliminate being pleased by what our eyes see and desire. But give us vision, Jesus. Give us vision on what your will is in our lives. Guide our hearts, Lord. Why don't we pray, brothers and sisters? Lord Jesus, we come before you, Father. We're asking for your guidance, Lord. We're asking for your love, your mercy, your grace, Jesus. We believe, Lord, that you have called us. You have called us, Father, for something greater than we could ever have imagined, Lord. Some of us would never have ever believed or understood the walk that we've taken with you, Jesus. Some of, some of us have been through the storms that Jonah went through. Some of us have been through the desert the people of Israel went through. Some of us may still be in the storm in the desert. But we ask, Lord, we ask, Lord, that you liberate our minds, Lord, our stubbornness, our pride, Father, our unwillingness to accept, Lord, a word from you, Jesus. That we choose, Father, we choose to have a countenance of being imprisoned and not show joy in our lives, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be happy, Lord, to be surrendered to you, Father. Because we know you have called us, Lord. We know that you have written our future. I'm asking, Lord, for your spirit to guide our hearts, Lord, and our minds, Lord, to receive more of you, Lord, to do your will, Lord. It is only you, Lord, that can show us these things through your word. Don't let our heart guide us, Father. Let your word guide us, Lord. And that we may see the state that we're in, Father. The state that our families could be in, Father. Lift us up, Lord, above this. Give us an elevated view, Lord, on what needs to be fixed. We're grateful always for your love and mercy, Jesus. We ask, Lord, that you just bless us with your presence always, Lord. 
Cleanse our homes, Lord, from things that want to enter. Rebuke the enemy, Lord, at the footsteps of our door. We ask, Lord, for wisdom, Lord, in our families, courage in our families, Lord. Let us be leaders, Lord, and not just friends. Give us the strength, Lord, and the courage always. We ask this in your precious and holy name. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. God bless the musicians, brothers. I mean, God bless y'all, bro. I'm going to ask the musicians to pass on up. Let's praise the Lord, uh, brothers and sisters, and um, let's keep on thanking God for everything that he does in our lives and everything that he still hasn't done. Amen. Some of us, again, give thanks in what? Everything. Even what hasn't been done yet, we must give thanks. Even what we feel is still needed in our lives, we must give thanks.